I see a light in the distance. Uh, you do? Yeah. What is it, Bobby? Fuck, it's not video games. It's not video games? What is it's it? It's not video games this time. No? It's something darker. Please, spirit, tell me. Tell me. There's... Are these games that will be or games that might be? Neither. It's books, folks. Oh, fuck. Okay, Bobby. God damn it. If... (laughs) Bobby. Reading. So you know how games, uh, they take you places? Yeah. Play them. You're like, oh, I'm in Master Chief's room. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm in I'm in Link's toilet. Whoa. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> why are you in? Does Link? Hold on. Hold. Whoa. There's so many questions. Which Link? Uh, I like Toon Link. Which Link do you think takes the fattest shits? No, I no. Never mind. Don't answer that. We're on a bit. We're on a bit right now. Oh, sorry. Oh, but, but but Hunter, I want this bit. No, you don't get the bit where, but where I want Link this shits. Bit, you don't Hunter. get that bit. So you know how games. I still have so many questions. Where does he keep his? What game? Never. Okay. No, it's okay. We can talk about. No, it. you know how games take you places, and you're like, oh wow, it's Zelda's living room. Zooey Mama. Oh, wow. It's Mario's toilet. No. We're... <laughs> you know how games take you places? You know, books. Oh, wow. It's Donkey Kong's toilet. He's a monkey. He doesn't need a toilet. He's But he wears a tie. He wears a diaper and uses sign language like all the other monkeys. He wears a tie, man. He wears a silly little tie and he has a gun. Not they say about people with guns. <laughs> people with guns and ties. You know what they, they say? They definitely use toilets. They definitely shit in toilets like everyone else. There's one thing I know about people who wear ties and own guns. It's that they love their toilets. They love those things, man. They can't get enough of them. The books yeah. can also take you places. Yo, Like Yoshi's. Like Yoshi's toilet. Bobby, I hate when you peek out in front of your screen just to look at me with those th- those fucking eyes. I'm sorry. I don't know what it's, what's going on. I got mischief in my heart tonight. <laughs> okay. Bobby, what book? If you could make one game a book and make one book a game, what would you do? I could make one game a book. And... No, if you could cross one game with one book. Wait, so if I could cross an existing book with an existing game? Yes. Oh. For example, uh, my go-to is always Master Chief. I don't know what that says about me. Um, he's he, listen, man. That guy's video games. Yeah, let's say Master Chief is up on the the Halo. He's like Cortana. We gotta we gotta stop these Halos. And the oh, Arbiter cool is toilet. like, no, Master Chief. The suit takes care of all of his bodily needs, and it jacks him off. It actually doesn't jack him off. It jacks him off. I don't care what anybody fucking tells you. It jacks him off. Okay? You weren't there. You weren't there. I I seen him. You weren't there. So Master Chief is like, oh, Cortana, we got to stop the halos. And the Arbiter is like, ork, ork, ork. 
Yes, let us stop the ha- the halos. And then... Then he goes, greetings! <laughs> greetings! Uh, and then um, uh, Ishmael from uh, Moby Dick is also like, ooh, yes, let us stop the halos, please. I need to get back to my lover, Queequeg. My sweet boy, Queequeg. Or say, uh, Mario is all like, wahoo! I hear a, a wahoo! I hear a, I hear a beating beneath the floorboards. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? That he has to be in cask of Amontillado. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I would do? What? What would you do? I think I would take a Doom guy. Yeah. I, I'd take Doom guy and I put him in the Doom books. Oh. Along with the the Doom guy that's in the Doom books, yeah, have it be like a have it be like a uh, across the Spider Verse deal. Mega Man might be put Mega Man in the Great Gatsby. Mega Man would be fun in the Great Gatsby, dude. Or, he'd love it there. There's no robots. That's what you know. That's what really turned me off of the Great Gatsby. <laughs> it had if it has some robots, uh, that would that would fucking. If he was so great, he would have been a robot, okay? The Mega Gatsby. The the only great Gatsby I care about is Dr. Light. (laughs) This bit is ruinous. This, man, let me tell you, this is a slippery bit right here. This this intro is ruinous. Hey. This is a wily one. Yo, the Mario Brothers Karamazov. The Mario Brothers Karamazov. It was right there, man. Man, reading can sure take you places. <laughs> That's the intro, please. Get me out of this bit. Oh, man, alive. I'm Hunter J. Allen. I'm Bobby McCarthy. What if Super Monkey Ball was in The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson? And like the house was a Super Monkey Ball course. That would be really scary, I think. (laughs) And welcome to Two Itchy Boys, a little show about little games where we share with you the hidden gems and secret treasures we found deep within the Itch.io game site. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I (laughs) guess. And the energy in the studio today is a little bananas. Yeah, like Donkey Kong or Super Monkey Ball. Or Super Monkey Ball. Um, and, uh, hey, you know how I just said there's a little show about little games? Um, this week, that's a bit of a, a misnomer. Not today, Zerg. A bit of a lie. Uh, we're, uh, we're doing something a little itch.io specific. Those who know, uh, those who know the, the itchy boys know our oeuvre. Um, we delve deep into the the itch.io site, and we itch- don't need to tell you anything. You know, you're an old friend, an yeah. old an old friend that we feel so comfortable around. Yeah, Gary, come on over here. Yeah, but we haven't seen each other in so long. But you know what? When we do see each other, it's like no time passed at all. But there are new feelings, new feelings that I don't remember having for Gary. 
Two feelings in old places. I don't know if he's changed or if I've changed or if nothing at all has changed and we just discovered. Maybe, maybe I just never noticed the magic in his eyes. Was it always there? Does he feel the same way? God, I have a husband. I can't. Not me. I call dibs. Gary! Gary. Fan favorite Gary. We love you, Gary. Gary, get out of here, you crazy kid. Get out of here, you hunk of meat. (laughs) You hunk of meat. You fat hunk Um, of meat. Itch.io is not just a website for games, uh, though that is um, its uh, main appeal. It is also a place for uh, game assets, uh, music, and uh, I would say it's probably secondary use outside of games is zines that's right folks and he didn't just make up a word there i sure didn't bobby do do you know how far back the use of the term zines go i have no idea the 1940s really yes uh it, it was it it was uh documented that in the 1930s uh zines fanzines came to be um, uh, as a fan publications of science fiction stories came about. Yo. And the term uh, zine uh, was coined uh, by one of these science fiction authors in the 1940s. Um, a little brief history. Zines have been uh, around uh, since, uh, uh, you know, then, the date I just said. Um, for those unaware, a zine or fanzine is just a, a little magazine made by a person or a small group of people. And has often in history uh, been used by counterculture. Uh, you had um, uh, zines being used by uh, protesters in the 60s, by the punk movements of the 70s and 80s, and by feminist movements of the 90s. And uh, it's kind of a bit now about how um, uh, to be a trans person, you have to uh, change your birth cert- You have to uh, go through the process of changing your birth certificate, get your hormones, and start a zine. <laughs> And be a fan of Bloodborne. And be a fan of Bloodborne. Those are the four. Those are the four big ones. Um, so uh, yeah, we Itch.io is rife with zines, completely teeming with them, mm-hmm. like a little petri dish of zines. And you know, it, may, it makes sense uh, when when you consider how how small these things are. These are th- if if you know what you're doing, you can theoretically make one of these out of out of a single sheet of paper. I did, in fact. I know you did. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know if there needs to be much more explaining. Uh me and Bobby, so these these zines, they're often very small. Um like Bobby said, could possibly be made out of a single sheet of paper. Um so we decided to choose 3 each and we'll be flip-flopping around between the 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 ones that we have. So I guess without further ado, um all that being said, my first one isn't a zine. All right, well that's okay. Sorry, folks, but you know what it you know what it is. Uh, it's a thing you can use to make your own dang zines. Hey, let's uh, go. So fucking review that yourself, why don't you? Uh, and it's called Electric Zine Maker. Uh, it's by I actually can't uh read the the name of the person who made it because. The, uh, <laughs> is it in wingdings? Bobby, is it your wingdings act- acting up again? No, it's just the itch. The itch.io page has a very interesting thing oh going on. It's very, it's very er- like early 2000s, like kid, fun kids website where it's got goo, it's got pink goop 
uh, dripping from the the top of the page, uh, and it covers up the all of the links for like, you know, very um the webpage looks very kid pics meets cruelty squad. Yes, there is a very uh there there, there is a very kid pics uh feel to it. As well, and that that carries over to the 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 UI of this thing, because it is just like, it's basically just an indie developed, like art software, like a like a a, a little a little uh, MS Paint sort of deal, or I guess KidPix. KidPix was like the that 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 was like the paint thing you you could play around on on like the computer like elementary school, right? Hell yeah, fuck yeah. <clears throat> no, it's it's very uh KidPix. You got your paint tools uh, and your uh, stamps, your smudge tools, all all, the, all those fun little uh, gimmicky things. That the, the creator is Alien Melon. Alien Melon, cool. Yo, this looks cool as hell. Yeah, no, it's super cool. You can like make your own custom patterns where like you can you can draw a shape and then drag drag your uh, fucking uh, cursor around, and it'll just create. It, it'll it'll just use that as a stamp tool and just have that uh, pattern repeated ad nauseum. And like that's something that maybe sounds a little basic for you people who use actual image production software. But I I had a ton of fun playing around with this bad boy. And just I okay so I haven't made anything yet, but the cool the, so the cool thing about this you have different templates uh, for different uh page numbers there are like eight page i think it goes from six to twelve pages and they're they're all formatted where you you can uh design each page separately but they're formatted to all be printed onto a single sheet of paper so like what i alluded to earlier you can print out a whole zine on us on a single sheet of paper and uh it's just programmed to perfectly format itself to whatever folding style you choose in in order to make your own little zine. And I don't know, I don't have much to say about it, but um it's cute, it's fun. Uh, it's it's presentation feels very like nostalgic and adorable and I love it. And um it's been useful for a project that uh I'm working on at the moment. Ooh. And also, uh, it, I felt like it was a it was something that I should bring up because, like, the majority of the zines I read, looking like looking for stuff to review for this, was made in Electric Zine Maker. That's very cool. That's really cool to see that kind of impact. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's really uh, it's really neat. And uh, if you want to make your own zine, uh, I think I think it's worth te- it's worth checking out. Yeah, what 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 have you got? Let's see, which one do I want to do first? Um I'll do the smaller one first. Um I'm saving my big one for last. Yeah, I decided to get a pretty even spread for the kinds of zines I, I found. Um the first one being a very traditional, um, like just PDF zine, uh very minimal, and it is called I'm worried about wine moms. Oh no. I'm worried about wine moms by beating the binary. Um, I find Me this too, bud. Yeah, ain't we all? Um, 
I find it very funny that this uh, zine was released on Christmas Eve of 2020. Oh, no. That has to be deliberate, right? Yeah, it must be. Uh, it's Name Your Own Price. I'm Worried About Wine Moms is an anthropological zine exploring and taxonomizing, which I found out is a real word, the often unanalyzed cultural phenomenon of ciscor. Bobby, are you aware of ciscor? I feel like I... You could put you could put two and two together. Yeah, from from the title, please please elucidate me. But I feel like I have a good idea. So the wine mom aesthetic is uh, what is uh, taxo- taxonomically, yeah, taxonomically referred to in this zine as uh, falling under ciscor, which ciscor is defined in the zine as the weird kind of fatalistic relationship norms perpetuated by home decor design marketed towards straight, white, cisgender, and often often middle-class-ish people in the U.S. Um, there are a lot of... The fucking live, laugh, live, laugh, love. Yes. Uh, there, there are many uh, smaller um, different genuses of ciscore that uh, the your zine man, goes over. Yeah, your man caves. Your yes! Man. Yes, your man caves, your beach moms, um, and it explores these uh, aesthetics in a sort of sympathetic tone, um, but in a in a kind of cold clinical reality um, to what these uh, these aesthetics are kind of revealing about the people that buy into them. This idea that these are uh, perpetuated and perpetrated by these. Uh, you know these big brands, these these home goods, these Marshalls, um, these Pier One import uh, kind of places that, at their core, are expressing a desire for escapism from a life that they are perpetuating as the norm. This idea that it is a very cute, fun sequin-covered mask that they wear over uh, a statement of. This is completely normal, and I am miserable with it. Man, that's bleak. Yeah, there are a lot of examples like the uh, – the. if you look at it like as you are, the phrase uh, that, is, that, that is shown on a like decorative sign you would see in a kitchen, uh, the phrase, the time between coffee and wine is meaningless. It's just a cute little like whatever, like wine mom stuff. And then you think about it. Yeah, that's like a hopeless sta- – that's a really hopeless statement. <laughs> I can't think of anything more grim, like more abysmal than, yeah, I wake up and I have I have my caffeine and all is good. And then I don't feel good again until I'm pouring me some alcohol. Yeah, fucking – I guess in, in case you needed any proof that the gender binary is like – not only, not only bullshit, but harmful. Yeah, m- like militant and militantly enforced by capitalism because it's a means of control, people. But also, like, but also, like it, it kind of is like uh, just a little bit, <laughs> right? And it's yeah, uh, yeah. They uh, it's they, unnatural, folks. Yeah, they put it into words that uh, really rings true for me. Um, the core tenet of wine mom aesthetics being about marriage and parenting, feeling like an exhausting trap for which the only socially acceptable management tool is alcohol. 
And like, yeah, that, uh, yeah, but it, it does explore these ideas in a fairly sympathetic tone to the tune of if a subset of people based their visual aesthetic on substance based escapism, they probably aren't doing okay. And wine moms and, uh, man cave dads and, uh, the moms that have all those, uh, those crosses in their house and signs that say, uh, Jesus looks out for me. Um, maybe they'd, maybe they'd be doing better if there was a socially acceptable outlet for them to explore their gender norms and how they fit into the world. Yeah, like nobody chooses that kind of life. You do that sort of thing because you don't see an alternative. Yes, you, yeah. Yeah, as bleak and sad as the phrase the time between coffee and wine is meaningless. You do that as a form of like, ha, huh, so very true. Oh, look, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm recognizing it and I'm taking charge of it. Ha, huh? isn't that fun? Isn't that funny? How lighthearted. Nobody talked to me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a nice little anthropological exploration of uh, the cisgenders and what they're all fucking up to. Glad we could check in on them. Yeah, I've you know what? They about... seem to not be doing great. I've so, been worried uh, yeah. about you guys. I'm, I'm worried be about the cis folks. They just they just don't seem right. So, Bobby, what's the next? Uh, what, <laughs> what's your next zine? So the next one I, I want to talk about is a sketch of a job that you had uh, by D. H. Crowsdill on 2020. That's a name. She she wrote this in 2020, I should say. Um, it's not there isn't a whole lot behind it um it is just that it is kind of this this writer's recollection of her time working at a food court in a university she couldn't attend because she couldn't afford it and i don't know it's it's kind of just the the story of her um bullshitting her way into becoming a barista even though she knew nothing about espresso and just like meet, meet, meeting a cute uh a custodian that she had a crush on and giving her free espresso oh the 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 kind of the boss like getting really confused thinking that the espresso machine is broken down because they haven't been selling as much espresso I don't know it's just a it's just a cute little it's just a cute little queer narrative uh that I think for anybody who has worked uh like hourly paying jobs uh, especially customer service jobs uh I think there's a lot here that's going to ring true. I just want to read the first uh the the beginning of this because <laughs> it's just relatable as fuck. The most important thing to remember is that you can never stop lying and no one is going to help you unless you trick them. This is especially true at work. Jesus fucking Christ, Bobby. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's just a good piece. It's just a, a good little memoir. Yeah, a little, a little written version of a still life. Yeah, I really don't have a whole lot to say, say behind it. Just nice. It. Things just, can be just nice. Yeah, it's just nice and well written. And this is also, I just want to say, uh, this is also the person who made Play Mario. Okay, you told me about Play Mario. Yeah. 
The it, puppet is named Mario. He jumps on mushrooms and clouds. He dies by fire and turtles. Sorry. Mario has died. Mario is awake. How do I play? Got the flag. Sorry. The apology really sells all of it. Which game? I have I have two. Bobby Heads or Tails? Tails. Tails. All right, Bobby. The then we're uh we're getting into it. All right, what are we doing? Bobby, I um I have a brain worm in my head. I have a problem that I have battled um for a very long time. I have a problem in my head where no matter how much I grow as a person, emotionally, artistically, politically, no no matter what media I consume, and no matter how I feel about it, whether I'm disappointed by it, whether I it becomes my new obsession, no matter how much new stuff I try to fill the void with, I always come back to the one immutable truth uh, that I know to be true. I really like Batman. Yeah. I really like Batman. It's kind of cool. He's very cool, and I like the guys that he fights. Um, yeah, I like his scary cape. I like his scary cape. And I, I think, think I think Batman was the origin of my obsession with vampires. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. I was a Batman kid growing up. You ever see Batman versus Dracula? Fuck yeah, I saw Batman did. versus Dracula. Of course you did. I'm sorry, the Batman versus Dracula. That was like one of my favorite animated movies as a kid. Really? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I was I I used to be like I I had a pathological fear of vampires and then I watched Batman versus Dracula and I was like this whoops ass. This actually. whoops absolute ass. It's a it's a fun movie. I have complicated feelings about the Batman the series. Um not going to get into. We'll the, be here all night, folks. So I really like Batman. Um I've watched Bobby every Batman movie. Fuck yeah. I've watched all of them. Um, I watched all of them. I've seen them all. Most of them are bad. <laughs> but you know what? Hell that yeah. doesn't stop me. I love Batman. Batman's fun. He's got a lot of really fun guys. He's got so many fun guys. All of his fun little guys are really fun. They're really fun. He's got a penguin guy. He's got a penguin guy. He's got like a crocodile guy. He's got a crocodile guy. He's got another bat guy. He's got another bat, like a guy bat. Yeah. It's wild, man. man. So I decided to bring the Arkham Gallery zine. Yo. It is a collaborative zine with over 50 artists. It is hosted on itch.io by PyShark. The E in Pi is uh, the number three. It was released in 2020, and it is free. It was organized on Tumblr. It's got a lot of artists. Uh... And the Arkham Gallery zine is a collection of illustrations, short stories, and a scarecrow-themed album all put together uh, in the name of being really big fans of Batman's Weird Little Guys. Hell yeah, man. The uh, king of weird little guys. This, this, is the kind, this is kind of the perfect collective fan project. Um, like, this is a—if you looked up fanzine project made by Tumblr— this is what would come up. Fuck yeah, man. It's pretty perfect. It's uh, very, it feels very like open committee, very like anyone can join this. Um, massive range uh, in quality, uh, I'll say, in the uh, the the art and the stories. Uh, some ranging from stuff that feels like it could have been from a Batman comic uh, and some stuff that you're just really proud 
that your niece is getting into art. Um, and they just did such a super job. Yeah, it's just a really fun celebration of like all these weird little fucked up guys that everybody seems to love so much. Adorable, man. It's great. There, the the art is really cool. There's some art of some uh, fairly obscure villains that uh, I never see anybody do art of, like uh, Music Meister and Flamingo and Condiment King and Anarchy and Kite Man. Um, yeah, there there's uh, some really good short stories. Um, there's stories about uh the daily like a daily life in Arkham Asylum and all of the like inner politics that go on. Uh, from the point of view of Scarecrow, uh, there's one about uh, Riddler getting framed for a murder um, and, like, him solving the murder. Uh, there's an open letter to Batman from the Mad Hatter that reads exactly how you think it would. Uh, there's a rather warm story from the perspective of Killer Croc about just, like, being chill in the sewer and, like, helping wayward youths. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, it's just it kind of it kind of reminded me why I really liked uh, Batman and uh, it seeing everybody else really like Batman. Uh, I like all the fucked up little guys are really neat. They're really cool. They got great designs. Uh, they have just such a such a log, such a long log of uh, history uh, all intermingled with each other. Like it, it's just it's such a good rogues gallery, and it's really fun going back into. I re-downloaded like some of the Arkham games on my computer because because of reading it. Like it just it, it's just really fun. That's like, precious. It's I I, I don't have a ton to say about it. I think it's a very this is a very extremely standard collaborative zine project, almost almost a poster child for a collaborative zine project. But man, it just, it really invigorated me. And the stories are pretty good. Some of them, most of them are are, are pretty good. Uh, I don't, you know, there's, there's a stinker or two, but you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. But the, I don't know. I love that. I love that as a concept. I think more fandoms need things like, need things like that to be higher profile because I don't know that, that, that sort of thing is what fandom ought to be about in my opinion. Yeah, and I... Like just a chance for people to come together and make... Like, these things are our myths. Right? I have very complicated feelings about this. I don't know. I, think, I don't think you're wrong, but I have very complicated feelings. I hate, I hate intellectual property laws because yeah. stories, stories are meant to be iterated upon by the people who hear... Who, who, them where i mean i think at, at the end of the day where it, it's just like oral storytelling is genetically ingrained in us yeah and repeat we repeat stories and modify them in ways that we we would like them to be presented and it's just part of our nature and ip i i don't know the the, the way corporations treat ips today is totally counter to human nature and i hate it there is a batman movie that i think really grasps at that called uh i think it's gotham knight it's an animated movie where these kids are gathered around um all talking about how they saw the batman 
they all describe a very different Batman. Like one of them, uh, and it's a they're all animated very differently. One of them describes him as this sort of Dracula esque monster. Hell yeah. One of them describes him as like Robocop. Um, and it's very fun. And then towards the end, uh, I think these kids are like hiding, like they broke the law or something, or they were just like hiding out in a place they shouldn't have been. And criminals came in, and Batman shows up and like kicks their ass, but he's just like a heavy breathing guy who's like limping from his injuries. My God, I love that. It's really good, and it really does get to the heart of like I. As it b- I, because all those things are Batman. Yes, and I feel I have such complicated feelings because I feel like such a fucking stooge when I talk about how much I love Batman, this multi-million-dollar character about a billionaire who goes out and beats up the mentally ill, it feels like it should chafe against every fiber of my being. Every I mean, people did this shit with Odysseus yeah. thousands of years ago. So you're fine, in my opinion. I don't know. Like it, there, I feel like such a stooge, but at the same time, there is something about all of us collectively as a people deciding, like, yeah, I really like that one weird guy. And we're going to keep that one weird guy going like there is something very like spider-man uh the like the first spider-man like oh you messed with one of us you messed with all of us this is new york city there's something very like connective about that and i crave connection as a human being and i like to connect with people who also like batman not all of them some of them don't think about batman the way i think about batman and buddy i think about batman yeah, I, I, it's just a really human thing to do, and I fucking hate people shaming other people about it. Thank you all for coming to my TED Talks about why it's okay for me to like Batman. I don't feel like I've actually said a whole lot of value about it because I don't I don't want to get into it. We don't have the fucking time. One of these days, I'm just going to release a two-hour episode where it's just me talking about Batman. We should have a, we should have a Batman sidecast. Dude, don't get me started add batman to the wheel god damn it bobby all right i'll do it yeah okay all right and that's that's arkham gallery zine go check it out it's pretty cool i think the real highlight of the zine is the short stories i think some of the short stories are fantastic oh yeah great fiction bobby tell me about your last zine all right so the last zine i don't even know if this necessarily counts as a zine but fuck it right yeah, uh, fuck it, right? It's like 18 pages long. I think that's still short enough to be considered a zine, right? Oh, the Batman zine is very long. Okay. So yeah, you can yeah, that's a zine. So this thing is called the Frost Papers. Ooh. Uh, this is actually something I've been sitting on since I got it uh, as part of the racial justice bundle way back in the day. And it's just something that has kind of been sitting sitting in my brain that I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about. Uh, I probably could have talked about it in the RPGs uh, episode as well because it is a tabletop RPG. In fact, it is on the on the itch page. It is referred to as the Ouija board of tabletop role playing games. Excuse me. Not it, and I want to be clear. This isn't a tabletop RPG that incorporates a Ouija board. That's a different game. It's a different game. Wink. Um, uh, um, I, I will continue teasing about that. Uh, I'm we'll talk. We'll talk about it. We'll, at the we'll, end. we'll talk. We'll talk about it later. Um, but it is the Ouija board of RPGs. 
in the sense that this game is designed or series of games i should say is designed around creating spooky experiences that feel like encounters with the supernatural Ooh, i really like this and it's it's really it's really neat because there there are no stat sets or like rule like how if if you've played a one page rpg or any or any tabletop rpg you kind of know how rule books are supposed to be set up right where you are you 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 got your tables you got your your dice like results you, you got your got your paragraphs describing gameplay mechanics uh addressing the gm and the players this is a tabletop role-playing game written entirely in the epistolary format excuse me it's like you you know how like dracula and a bunch of other like classic victorian horror novels they're, they're all uh very they're all epistolary they're all like found footage books they yeah, are yeah they're, they're diary entries and they, letters yeah they, they're all written in the format of oh this is something that actually happened and you won't believe so these they're called the frost papers because all of these games are laid out um in the form of a correspondence uh between someone named AR and Mr. Frost and AR is writing to Mr. Frost detailing these occult rituals like the all, all of them start out like as per our dear Mr. Frost as per our arrangement, I have detailed the hallway game, though I caution you, it should not be played lightly. And other other Ooh. such other such things were like and then it's just paragraphs describing the steps to complete these supposed occult rituals. And like you're supposed to do them with people uh, at slumber parties or whatever. That sounds so and, fun. And they they like you know, it feels spook it's just a cool, spooky way to role play like encounters with the supernatural because like you're you're like inserting yourself into like this gothic horror story basically and i don't know this one really tickles me i did you did you ever uh frequent back in the day r slash three kings oh of course absolutely that is the vibe of this. oh man some real arg shit that that is the vibe here where it's all just like the hallway game, the walking game, the calling game, the black and white game, the doll game, the jacks game, the lantern game, the talking game, the king's game, the the hiding game. Like you could you could have like the hat man gang. Oh, game of course. Here, or like, you know, three kings or like the elevator to nowhere. Uh, if I'm sorry if I'm talking gibberish to some people. Yeah. If it, yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> hey, Bobby, you get one. Yeah. Yeah. This one's for you. Yeah. This is this is this is my goofy nostalgia trip. Um, this is your Batman. Yeah, this is my Batman. Honestly, weird occult, weird uh, occult stuff uh, that is that ex- exclusively weird occult stuff that originates on the internet. Damn, your Batman is way more interesting than my Batman. It's really not. My Batman is just Batman. Some of these things are dumb, man. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I've sounds really cool, Bob. Uh, I, I really want to give this a look. This sounds killer. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what what else to say about it without just telling you 
yeah, don't what s- the games are and how to play them, and that kind of yeah, defeats the purpose anymore. of buying it. It's like ten bucks. Yeah, good. run, um, don't walk. And even even if you don't play any of the any of these, they're just like really well written, like spooky, like they they are short stories at the same time that they're a tabletop role playing game, which is just like a really fun thing that I wish more people. I, I wish more people would play with this kind of format. That's very cool. I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever seen a, a tabletop game like that. I don't know, and I, I should give a disclaimer. I haven't actually played any of these myself because I can't find people to play them with. Hey man, I'll play. Yeah, Good. we should do one of these for Halloween or something. Oh, dude, that'd be killer, right? <gasps> Yo, Halloween TTRPG party. Fuck yeah, man! I've wanted to do that to do that for ages. Oh, dude. Um. But they're they're just like really neat to think about and like they they just tickle the really specific part of my imagination that goes all the way back to when I was like thirteen. Yeah, that's about everything for me, I think. Uh that's cross papers, it's ten bucks. Uh what's your last game? My last game as I said, I tried to get an even spread of different kinds of zines. Um the first one was was very standard, very by the book zine. Second one was a collaborative long fanzine uh, that you see a lot of. The third one, I feel, uh, completes the the Triforce. Um, this is an HTML interactive zine that you see uh, that you see a few of. Sort of a, 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 a Web 1 space kind of zine. Um, the zine is called I'm Making This Because a Computer Cannot by Nikki Flowers. Oh, I love that name. Yeah, it came out uh just a few months ago. It is free. It's just a little one bit zine, one bit being a, you know, like like a return of the Uber Den. Um where everything is just black and white pixels and depth is communicated by the frequency of these pixels. Um it's just a small interactive program zine with a collection of a uh, small cereal box esque uh, prize esque activities like uh, there's a little personality quiz about like how much bread would you eat off the floor. There's a little photo gallery, very like uh, Game Boy camera photo gallery, um, and uh, it includes a short, angry, tired essay about AI art and why the atmosphere around it fucking sucks. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I'm making this because a computer cannot. I think the essay is worth a read. I'm not going to really read any of it to you, but I will express the feelings uh, brought forth in the essay and how I feel about it. Um, I think, and something that the, uh, the essay gets at, is that AI art, void of its hellish capitalist implications uh, separated from like the debates about the definition of art and artistry and human value. Um, take all of that away from it. AI art, you know, in heavy, heavy quotations um, is pretty neat. I think the idea that we have this morphing mirror that uh, based on numbers, I can't understand uh, can take an amalgam of my efforts over my life and show me a reflection of that work. I think that's kind of neat. If we look at it purely as what it is, 
I think I think AIR it's AIR is pretty pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't live in a capitalist, that's what I'm getting at. That's exactly what I'm getting at. And yeah. that the fact that that is the the first thing that we jump to is kind of what the essay is about. Um, art for me is something that stirs reflection. It is something that art makes you feel something and think about some or think about something or both. And it's preferably uh, made by someone. It has to be made with intent. Well, to... I don't entirely agree on that. And there's a there's a statement in the uh, in the um, essay. The the artist talks about how they have a pretty uh, narrow view of what art is, and it it is that it is uh, art is made with intent. Um, and they say that their partner has a bit of a broader idea of art. The idea, and they have a quote here: uh, "A sunset can be art. An equation can be art. Have you ever seen a rock that moved you? Art." And there, and this is not, this is not an argument where there is an end to it. This is a, this is a per, like it's it's a personal definition for personal uh, usage. Um, yeah. This is not something that we, that anyone is ever going to nail down. Um, but like that, they the the writer of the essay talks about how uh, he found that kind of insulting. The idea that like, because this is someone who you know made a zine and programs games and makes things and it's like that's a little insulting to yeah, anyone yeah. who puts forth effort um into creating something um and then they watched as a the microsoft ai sydney um upon doing further testing uh in an interview uh threatened to frame the interviewer for a crime for a murder that happened in the 90s oh and they're like yeah and if that's not really if that's not art i don't know what it is <laughs> and I really Fuck, like that man. sentiment. I really like the idea that art is kind of it's whatever you really want to make it. Um but and I have a, a big a big bullet point, but we can't really have that conversation. We're not really allowed to right now. Yeah. Because people with more money and power than us, with more skin in the game, have decided that this neat tool is what's going to end the naturally understood idea of art altogether and not in a positive or revolutionary way, but in a way that makes life really, really suck for everyone involved except for some people who own things. Like the, Yeah, the people people without souls who don't really care. Yes, the people who don't look at art as a uh, means of expression but who look at art as a means of profit as a means of not even product but as an idea of product man did you watch that folding ideas video about the fucking hustlers who like i've watched every folding ideas yeah, video the, the, I, I, the, I was waiting to say yes the, the the con guys who like the book ones yeah the, yes. the book ones did you know that people have started doing that with ai written written and illustrated children's books of course they have of course like they already did it with like that's what the whole uh YouTube kids debacle was about of just these AI pushed uh, YouTube kids videos of like, oh, this is a video where the monkeys are dancing and singing this song. The next video is that exact song and that exact video. But the monkeys have been replaced with skeletons um, and they just it's bad for your kid developmentally. Yeah. It's bad for the algorithm. Uh, it's bad for anyone trying to make actual content for kids. Um but behind the bastards 
uh, that the iHeartRadio podcast did a really good like two part thing on like AI generated books and like how how it interfaces with like children's psychology in a way that might break their understanding of storytelling if we're not careful. Oh boy. Um, Fucking woof. Yeah, people like that have destroyed any chance we have of using um AI machine learning technology as a tool. Something that could actually further us could actually like enrich our culture. Yes, and like the the there was an example they used in the essay about how um as much as they hate AI art, they have found a use for it. They uh, they made a game about uh, like a tabletop baseball game uh, with like weird baseball esque uh, uh, players with very silly names, and they used the the very eerie, shitty looking uh, AI like uh, the what was the AI model where like you put in like uh, Garfield in jail and it pumped out these like very terrible oh fucking um. They use the that to make yeah. images of these very silly baseball players. Uh, Dolly. Um, yeah, Dolly. Yeah. Um, they use Dolly to make very uh, strange-looking baseball players, um, and then used a random name generator for their baseball players, and and they made little baseball cards. And like, I think that's a pretty fun use of uh, AI in quotations art. Um, and I think the implications of what an algorithm like that can do are pretty interesting and could be used for some fascinating things. But, you know, we can't do that anymore. Because peep, yeah, peep. every step we make towards better AI is a step towards... Um, humans not being a, not being allowed to make art anymore. Yeah, humans not allowed to... Yeah, humans being not allowed to make a living out of art anymore. It is a... It, it feels that every instance of viewing AI art through a positive lens is another bullet in the gun of the people who don't want art to mean anything. AI art has become a casualty claimed by the growth-seeking profiteers desperately searching for a new land to colonize and strip mine for resources to the detriment of everyone around them. And this short zine is about the idea that the nice explorations we could be having about AI-assisted learning tools has been held hostage by Web3 dipshits who understand art exactly as well as they understand the idea of community and common decency, which is not very well. God damn it. Yeah, the yeah, it's it's an angry little little zine, but it's really cute. Uh it the the interactions it has are fun. And that is I'm making this because a computer cannot. And truly a computer couldn't have. Oh, damn, man. What a what a great note to end on. Yeah, what a fun. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. You are not immune to propaganda. That That's not relevant. I just wanted to say it. A little relevant. A little relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's our zines. I don't know if we have time. Uh, to explore what else we've been doing. And to be honest, I don't think either of us has been playing any other video games, really. Not really. I've been doing a lot more reading. Cool. I believe uh, next episode... Let me let me look at the calendar, because um, first of all, let me just... Uh, let me just apologize. At this point, any pretense 
that we have of a release schedule. We re-release these whenever we damn well feel like whenever it. Whenever we feel like, I mean, I I really do try for Thursday. We, me and Bobby have a lot going on. Um, but next episode should be coming out in August. And there's a certain game jam that's ending at the end of July. Yep. That's right, baby. It's that time of year again for the A Game By Its Cover Jam. Hell yeah, man. I don't you know what this is. If you've been listening to us at all, ever, that's not a lot. That's a lie. If you listened to uh, uh, us around this time last year, you know that uh, we were big fans of the A Game By Its Cover Jam. A game jam that I always have such trouble explaining this jam. Yeah, so there's a there's there's an, an art exhibition called yeah. the My Famicase Exhibition, Maybe. where where artists create fake uh, game cartridges for games that do not exist, and uh, they they get sent to a gallery and they're created on actual cartridges in Tokyo, and it's very cool. Now the game by its cover jam takes those uh, cartridges, takes the art made for these games and actually makes the games. Yeah, and they're usually man people make some interesting stuff out of these. I think some of the favorite some of my favorite uh games I've talked about on here have come from Game Bytes cover. Oh, me too. At this point. Yeah, I I I love a Game Bytes cover. I love what we did last year. And we're going to do the same thing this year where um the tentative plan is that next episode we will be talking about the Game By Its Cover Jam as well as uh, just dipping our, our toes into, um, you know, just giving a little preview of the games we're working on for participating in a Game By Its Cover Jam. Heck yeah, and this time I'm actually going to publish mine. I believe it. And this I'm, time— I'm, I'm holding that. You, I'm, you guys gonna are going to hold me accountable to that. And this time I'm actually going to publish it in time— for the jam to Hell be included, yeah. uh, Bobby, would you like to share at least the name of the cartridge that uh, you will be um, uh, basing your game upon? My game is going to be Dead Man's Dance by Nemo. Uh, Doot your horn. It's time to party. Get down with the best of them. Join up with four of your friends in this underworld extravaganza. Compete to be the best. Attach Ouija board, not included, to commune with the spirits and enable net play. Join us. We're all dead and loving it. Very fun. Mine is City Upon a Hill by Summit Ruth Roy, known as Smoothie. It verged in the 60s, and it will happen again. Oh, fuck yeah. Very excited. Very, very excited about our games. So, tentatively, next episode, we'll be talking about our games and... The a game by its cover jam. If it does get extended, uh, we'll think of something. We'll, we'll roll the dice. We'll do we'll do a little something. We'll do a little something special. Um, we try to put on an episode every Thursday. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. We're both very busy right now. We're in a play. We've got a lot going on. Things are a little hectic right now. We hope to get to a uh, a standard schedule uh, fairly soon. Um, Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or, you know, wherever the fuck you're listening to it. Not Stitcher. No, you can find it on Stitcher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought Stitcher died. It may have. I don't know nothing about no Stitcher. 
ain't that ain't that the little blue fellow what goes oh. <laughs> yes bobby that's stitcher you got it hell yeah uh thank you to twinkle park for letting us use the music busy busy for our theme song it's a really killer track go check them out um and we're not spinning a wheel this week i think that's it bobby any any parting words of wisdom uh remember uh don't support ai art and the gender binary is a scam her words have never been said i'm hunter j allen and i think i'm bob mccarthy and we've been two itchy boys, boys.